Hello, my favorite thing about being a member of an electric cooperative is really the community um, that they bring into it. They've been able to offer my kids scholarships throughout their college years um, and also the, the payback that they give, the refund or the profit sharing uh, that we get once a year is awesome. So thank you so much. Welcome to the Power for Your Life podcast, where we focus on energy efficiency, the value of electric cooperative membership, and safety around electricity. I'm Daryl Lindsay, your host. Today's topic, connecting with youth. My first guest today is Stacy Howith from the Oklahoma Association of Electric Cooperatives. Stacy is the Director of Member Services. Thanks for joining me today. Youth are the foundation for the future of our country. There are about 56 million students in our schools. Of those, around three to three and a half million graduate from high school each year. As electric cooperatives have a commitment to the communities we serve, there is also a strong desire to help educate our young people about co-ops. If you would, Stacy, talk about the youth tour to Washington, D.C., and how co-ops in Oklahoma promote that. You know, a lot of work goes into planning the trip uh, for the students. We work about a year in advance uh, getting things together and making reservations and working with hotels and the airlines. Uh, but if we fast forward to the actual trip, you know, in traditional years, we all meet at a hotel in Oklahoma City, all of the students and the chaperones and the coordinators and have a quick little celebration and uh, hit the sack and try to get a little bit of sleep. And then we wake up super early and jump on a plane to Washington, D.C. And the minute we touch down, uh, we usually fly into Baltimore so we can go see Fort McHenry there. Um, the, the minute we touch down, we, are, we hit the ground running and we are off uh, jumping a bus or two buses, actually. We typically have 85 people on the trip. 75 students, and then uh, 10 chaperones, including myself um, and another representative from OAEC who helped coordinate the trip every year. And from, from I was going to say sun up to sundown, but usually it's longer than that throughout the day. We have some long days on the trip because we don't want the students to miss any possible sight to see in Washington, D.C. During that week, we hit every museum, every monument, every memorial that we can actually squeeze into a week uh, for those students. That's been, uh, that's, that's been the traditional way of youth tour. Uh, this past year, as we all know, looked quite a bit different. We actually, uh, well, our national organization, NRECA, ended up having to make the really tough decision to cancel youth tour this summer. We were actually able to cancel almost the entire trip without being out too much financially through cancellation fees. The timing was just right in the middle of everything that, you know, everything was starting to 
close and everybody was just hoping at that point that if we could just make it to summer, then we could all get back to normal. And as we know, that's not exactly what has happened. We're, we're already looking into 2021 and trying to look at logistics and see what that's going to look like next year. Normally at this time of year, we are getting uh, final numbers from our co-ops, number of students that are planning to go. Uh, usually right about this time with school starting, co-ops are scheduling visits to schools to promote youth tour, as well as our camp for eighth graders energy camp. We're usually sending out promotional materials, uh, sharing lots of fun information about what we're going to do next summer. And uh, we're just not able to do that at this time. We're really having to look at logistics and uh, just really having to dig deep to see if this is even going to be a possibility. Uh, we hope it is. We want nothing more than to be able to get back to normal or whatever as close to normal as we possibly can. Uh, but we're, we're having to consider a lot of different options and a lot of logistical concerns at this time. Um, as always, the safety of our students in our communities and our employees that serve as chaperones on the trip and our staff here, this, our safety is our number one concern. That's, that's across the board with co-ops. Um, this is just a little bit different avenue of safety that uh, we're having to go down here. You mentioned energy camp. Describe what eighth graders experience during that week-long camp. In a normal year at energy camp, when we're able to gather there together, the students come in on a Tuesday afternoon, uh, right around lunchtime. We go through registration, we get cabin assignments, we get small group assignments, uh, play some get to know you games, and uh, have a lot of fun meeting other youth from across the state. Meeting their new friends is what I always like to say because everybody leaves friends. Uh, so Tuesday afternoon, we get to do a lot of um, icebreakers and getting to know you, learning what cooperatives are, a little co-op 101 presentation, and learn about the history of co-ops and the communities that we serve. And then throughout the week, each day covers a lot of different topics. We we try to uh, try to share and provide a lot of information on leadership. Leadership and team building are huge. Um, for co-ops and that is anything that we can share with the youth of our communities and in those two veins are uh, our priority for us. We also like to cover um, career readiness and career interests uh, and promote those, uh, those thoughts and those ways of thinking for students. Eighth grade may seem a little bit too early to be thinking about careers for some people, um, but it's never too early, in my opinion, uh, and we're really grateful here in Oklahoma that actually the State Department of Education is developing a program for starting in eighth grade. So it feeds right into the age group that we work with already in helping identify their career interests and develop some career readiness plans. So we've already done a little bit of that at camp before. But we will only build on that in future years as we get more resources from the State Department of Education. Uh, so we also talk about uh, at camp on on kind of the professional and leadership side of things. We also talk about uh, resumes and interview tips and tricks. Uh, the campers actually have a chance to apply to be a manager of camp and serve as a director on the board of directors to represent their small group. So. 
within that responsibility of becoming a director, they th that group of students actually interviews another group of students who have applied to be the manager. And so it's really fun to watch this these groups, uh, this group of eighth graders uh, interview their peers. And it's that's actually that is one of my very favorite moments of camp is to watch that group of students who was selected uh, as the board of directors to watch them basically uh, transition from just a regular camper into this leadership role. And they take it very seriously. They, um, they get their paperwork, they get their list of questions, they take notes, uh, and they take their responsibility of selecting a manager for camp um, with, the, with the utmost respect. They, uh, they select the manager and then they have the privilege of announcing the, the manager of camp that evening, which is just such a fun process to watch. Um, and then the next day on, we, they come in on a Tuesday afternoon, we have a full day Wednesday, and then a full day um, Thursday, we have a theme of uh, life as a line worker. So the campers are able to actually strap on uh, climbing gear and try to climb a pole that we have set out there. We have a co-op that serves the camp. And so they come in every couple of years and, and give us some new poles to climb because by the time you have about 80 eighth graders trying to climb up a pole, it can, uh, it can get a little wear and tear on it. So we really appreciate that co-op coming in and making sure we have good resources and materials to use. So the campers get a chance to try to climb a pole. We have that same co-op uh, that's real close to camp brings a couple of bucket trucks out and they, uh, the students get a chance to go up in a bucket truck and see camp from several feet up in the air and take pictures. This past year, not 2020, but in 2019, the last time we were actually able to go to camp, we were able to add on several sessions to that day as a life of a line worker, as well as other careers that are available uh, through cooperatives. Uh, Daryl, you came out and brought your drone, and we had several campers that were so fascinated with that and how co-ops are using drones and drone footage to um, not only in the communication side of things with the video footage, um, but also on the operations side of things. We've got several co-ops here in Oklahoma that use drones to monitor lines, to assess storm damage, um, and lots of uh, different avenues using new technology. Um, you also brought out the VR equipment uh, to give campers a chance to walk through um, the coal facility, the coal plant. Uh, they, with this with this age group of eighth graders, anything we can do with technology is is just wonderful in their eyes. They're they're way more advanced than any of us counselors at camp. Anyway, they probably know how to run all of that equipment better than we do. Uh, but they really enjoy it. Uh, we were also able to provide a couple of electric bicycles. Co-ops brought those out for the students to ride. Uh, they had a lot of fun with that. Most of the campers had never ridden an electric bicycle before. Um, and then we also had, one of our co-ops has a Tesla, an electric vehicle that they brought out and, uh, and also a robot, which was really cool. So the students had a chance to sit in the driver's seat of the Tesla and watch all the gadgets and the bells and whistles work on the car, and then they were also able to interact with a robot, which was programmed with information about solar energy and electric vehicles. And it was just a really neat way to watch the students interact and learn 
in a way that they may not have they may not have realized it was a learning tool. They may have just thought they were interacting with a robot, uh, but it was really fun to watch. And then on Friday morning, we get up, we write thank you notes uh, to our co-ops for supporting the students and the campers at camp and supporting Energy Camp, the, the whole program. Uh, we, we ask the students or the campers to write thank you notes to their parents. Uh, and then we ask them to write thank you notes to themselves, which we mail to them at a future date uh, which is always really fun. Some of them act kind of silly and, and write silly things to themselves, uh, to their future selves anyway, but some of them take it very seriously and they set goals. And I have no doubt whenever they open those letters uh, from themselves later on down the road that they have achieved those goals. So, um, and then we just pack up and everybody heads their own ways back to their corners of the state. Uh, we used to provide pen and paper for everybody to share their addresses so they could be pen pals and try to find each other later on at other youth programs and events, leadership things as they went out throughout their high school careers. Uh, but now it's it's too easy for them. They just share each other's, they, they hold up their cell phones and take a picture of each other's contact information or they add each other right there. And then whenever they get signal, it goes ahead and connects them later. So it's really neat. I, I joke around that it's too easy for them, but it's really neat how they can actually connect right there on the spot and stay friends uh, really forever with the connections that they've made right there in eighth grade. And as co-ops and supporting, you know, the, our, our principal number seven concern for community and youth programs fall right into those community projects. We could not be more excited and more proud to offer that opportunity for those students. Stacy, what other things are co-ops involved with when it comes to educating our youth? If there are students involved in the communities we serve, we love to be a part of it. Some of the bigger activities that we do here in Oklahoma, um, and of course they all look a little bit different this year, <laughs> but I'll tell you about what they usually look like and how we are transitioning some of those activities to serve everybody in this kind of odd year here in 2020. So we also have a sponsorship package that our co-ops are involved in that includes the Oklahoma State Fair in the fall, as well as the Youth Expo uh, of Oklahoma in the spring and and a leadership summit which is another activity that's in conjunction with the youth expo at the state fair in the fall here in oklahoma the uh elect oklahoma's electric cooperatives are the title sponsor of the youth livestock show which we are we've um we gained that partnership many years ago uh through one of our cooperative members here and here in the last couple of years that uh, organizational role has been switched over here to the statewide. So for the past couple of years, we've had the opportunity to watch that grow and to see how it works and to really see the impact that that makes, that sponsorship makes on students all across the state. Uh, this year, the State Fair of Oklahoma has been canceled along with many other states. Um, however, the organizers of the Spring Livestock Show have taken on the responsibility of providing a livestock show for the youth of Oklahoma this fall. That will be held over one weekend in September, and we are very excited to be the title sponsor for that. We 
usually give away lots of different trinkets and some fun stuff. This year, we will be giving away face masks. <laughs> we feel like that's right on target with everything that's going on. Uh, so we're excited to provide that to not only the exhibitors, but their families and um, and everybody else who is able to participate in that show. The other part of that sponsorship package, like I mentioned earlier, includes the Oklahoma Youth Expo, which is in the spring every year. It's the largest youth livestock show in the world is what it's touted as. Um, we have yet to hear exactly what that's going to look like in the spring. That show is typically held right around spring break. And if you'll remember, that's when everything started shifting last year. So they were able to actually hold most of the show last year. Um, and then they just they ended up um, having to kind of rush the show to get it done within just a couple of days um, for the safety of everybody, but also trying to give exhibitors the opportunity to show those animals that they'd worked so hard to prepare for over a year. Uh, so we don't know exactly what that's going to look like in the spring this year. We are communicating with the organizers. Uh, just like with everything else that's going on, nobody really knows what to expect. So we are learning how to be patient and just wait day by day, month by month to see how things are going to shape up. Um, and that the leadership summit, which is the other activity that goes along with the Youth Expo show, uh, we will just have to wait and see, you know, how that's going to shape up as well. Uh, the leadership summit typically includes um, for all the co-ops that participate, they're able to select two students to come to the Oklahoma City Fairgrounds. And while they're at the fairgrounds, we have a leadership conference for them. Uh, it's a half day. We have awesome instructors and presenters that get them up, get them moving, get them out of their seats uh, and really teach them some foundational leadership skills, which they can carry for the rest of their life. And then uh, at the end of their conference and their activities, we present them with $500 scholarships, which uh, is really nice whenever you're a senior and getting ready to go into college. So um, that's what it typically looks like. Again, next spring, we'll just have to see, but um, we're hoping that we're able to do those programs, whether in the traditional way, um, or maybe we need to look at some virtual options. We're open to whatever we need to do. Uh, another program that we are really proud of here in Oklahoma is our uh, Biz Kids program. Biz Kids is a TV program on financial education and financial literacy through PBS. Uh, we, a couple of years ago, we partnered with a, um, a council that I serve on the board, the Oklahoma Council on Economic Education. And it's our partnership with that council that that makes it makes us able to provide this program. Biz Kids is in, in a traditional year. I feel like I'm giving you two, two versions of every program that we do, <laughs> how it usually works, and then what we're looking at this year. Traditionally, Biz Kids is an opportunity for co-op employees in their communities to partner with a school to go into the classroom and teach students about cooperatives, a cooperative business model, to teach them about creating business plans um, and help them along the way. Because ultimately, at the end of the program, we have a competition. It's a student cooperative entrepreneurial competition where the students throughout that process, with the help of their 
co-op consultants is what we call them, employees of co-ops that go into the classroom and help them with these projects. Those students actually create a cooperative. It can be a business, it can be a service. Um, as long as it follows the cooperative business model, they can get as creative as they want. So they put together a business plan, they put together a presentation uh, with visuals and speaking parts. Most of them memorize their whole presentation. And then they come to Oklahoma City in the Edmond area to one of the colleges here in the Oklahoma City metro area, and they present their business and their business plan and their cooperative ideas to a panel of judges, Shark Tank style. And at the end of the day, the top three to four uh, groups, schools are narrowed down and they actually present their plans on stage for the whole audience in front of judges and answer questions. Um, and then the winner is selected, which is really exciting. Uh, that's so fun for us to be part of that program because, you know, usually in school, you know, whether it's grade school or junior high or high school, this competition is for junior high students, sixth through eighth grade. Um, whether you're in that window of education or even in college and beyond, there's not a lot of education on cooperatives. So this is a really neat way that we can share the cooperative business model with not only junior high students, but their teachers. And then they go home and they talk to their parents about it. Uh, so there's a lot of layers and a lot of generations that we're able to share the cooperative business model with through this program. This year, we're looking at, uh, well, actually, at this point, we're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with schools and see if the majority of students are going to be at school or if they're going to be working from home. This is a very group project oriented competition. So one of the challenges that we're looking at um, potentially for this year is if students will be able to collaborate uh, on their projects and their cooperative business models or business plans um, or not. So we are we are ready and we are poised to make a transition in whatever direction we need to go. We're just at, just kind of waiting at this point to see which direction it's going to go. Um, and then the only other thing that I wanted to for sure mention today is uh, is to touch a little bit on that uh, career readiness project that's going on here in Oklahoma. Starting this year, eighth graders will be required to take a career interest survey and create a plan, an individual academic plan for the rest of their high school career that includes not only classes um, in school, but also uh, there's career techs located all around the state here in Oklahoma that offer courses to further their education, especially in the areas that they're interested in. Uh, but their plan also can include internships and experiential learning, job shadowing, uh, which is really exciting for us because as employers in the communities that we serve, we can offer those students um, opportunities to come in and look at the business and look at the careers that are available in cooperatives. You know, everything from accounting to actual line work. Um, like we were talking about with Energy Camp, it's, it's not just uh, it's not just line workers who work at cooperatives. It's everything. Cooperatives are businesses. Uh, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that people don't necessarily think of first when they think of cooperatives. 
So we are uh, we are super excited to uh, get involved with that um, just this year through industry partnerships and um, through a partnership with the Career Tech System here in Oklahoma. We have added a an another uh, career cluster is what a cluster is what they um, call a group of careers. Uh, once a student takes their interest survey, they get their results and they receive. Um, different career clusters based on their interests. So a new career cluster has been created here in Oklahoma, and it is energy. We have been a, a really integral part of helping put that together. We are so excited. Energy is uh, one of the top industries here in Oklahoma, and we are so excited to focus on that. Um, energy encompasses a lot of different uh, aspects here in Oklahoma, but utilities and electric cooperatives definitely fall within that realm. So we're excited to be part of that. That will actually kick off um, the release of that energy cluster and a big promotion of that will happen in October during Careers and Energy Week um, in October. So we're excited to, to be a part of that. More to come on that as we get a little bit closer to that October date. So those are just a few of the bigger projects that we have here in Oklahoma. As far as youth programs go, we have lots of other partnerships that we're excited to sponsor and be a part of. Um, for me, I love youth programs, and uh, <laughs> I would say there's no limit to the impact that we can make. Uh, we're only limited by our creativity. If you would, describe some of the specific details of how local co-ops are helping out the needs of their communities. Every co-op um, that they, in Oklahoma and across the nation, as you've heard, they participate in these youth programs. They, they're doing things every day on behalf of their membership and to support the youth in their communities that they serve. Um, but I wanted to share some of the specific things that co-ops are doing in their territories to help out with, in light of the current situation. So we have co-ops that have um, employees that have volunteered to mow, to pick up trash, to paint fences, to help organize and sanitize classrooms, um, just to give those uh, the typical maintenance employees at the schools an opportunity to catch up on other projects uh, that are being asked of them because of the current situation. Um, we have several co-ops in the state who have uh, who have always had programs to help schools, whether it's school supplies. Um, or providing grants, sponsoring projects, um, but several of these, several of the traditional needs of schools have changed um, given the, you know, this the pandemic and the distance learning. Uh, so we have most most of our co-ops that typically do programs like that are currently in the process of asking schools what they need most. Um, it's kind of the same situation for schools. Some schools don't know what they need just yet, um, but I think it's it's reassuring for those school systems to know that the co-ops are here and ready to help whenever that list or uh, those items become apparent of exactly what they need. Um, we have uh, we have individuals that work at cooperatives who have taken it upon themselves to organize programs for students to receive food and nourishment throughout the summer um, just because of the networking and the connections that they have in the community they've been able to organize that and help facilitate that for for the youth and the communities they serve it just doesn't get any better than that um, 
And then on, on the more sophisticated side of things, we have co-ops that are providing uh, internet access and Wi-Fi and fiber to the home um, as fast as they can to make sure that these students do have connections for, uh, for distance learning if, if that's the direction that ends up um, happening for the schools and in those communities. Um, we also have some co-ops that have set up Wi-Fi opportunities in school parking lots, in restaurant parking lots. Um, it's <laughs> doing homework in the car is probably not the, you know, the first choice by a lot of people. Um, but sometimes you have to go wherever there's Wi-Fi. I certainly understand that to, to just get your projects done. And we could not be more proud of the co-ops providing these resources for the communities they serve. No matter the challenge, no matter the situation that we're dealt, uh, the cooperative's mission is, is unwavering, um, no matter the situation. And that's to support the youth and the communities we serve because they are certainly the future. Some very interesting opportunities there in local service. Stacy Howith, thanks for your perspective. And I would encourage our listeners to contact your local electric cooperative for more details on these programs. Coming up next after a short break, my next guest shares his thoughts on youth education and member engagement when I return. What is it that makes you powerful? It's not only having a voice, but knowing that it's heard loud and clear. We understand knowledge can change your life and that energy will continue to power it. And because you're part of a Touchstone Energy Cooperative, we're always listening. Because you're more than just a customer, you're a member. And what's more powerful than that? Discover the value of your co-op membership. Visit membersfirst.coop today. Connections. That's what your Touchstone Energy Cooperative makes possible every day. By providing the energy our community needs to stay connected to work, to family, to everyone and everything that matters. Day and night, we're always here. Because we know that of all the connections we make, none are more powerful than the human connection. Discover the value of your co-op membership. Visit membersfirst.coop today. Energy saving tip number 85. Make sure outside soffit vents are not blocked. Back with more of the Power for Your Life podcast. My next guest is Chris Massman, Vice President of Member Services with the Association of Missouri Electric Cooperatives. Chris, thanks for joining me today. COVID-19 has caused us to take a totally new approach to just about every facet of our lives. One of your major initiatives to manage for Missouri's young co-op members is the Youth Tour to Washington, D.C., Describe how that was a little bit different this summer. Obviously, we had some major changes in the fact that we actually did cancel our trip out to Washington, D.C. with the students. This is the first time in the 57-year history of the Electric Cooperative Youth Tour that we haven't had the opportunity to send students out to our nation's capital. 
but when we started looking at it, obviously the health and well-being of our students was was by far the priority. So uh, while it was a very tough decision to make, it was definitely the right one and an easy one uh, when we started thinking about the health of our students. But um, despite the actual cancellation of the trip, we still wanted to give them that experience. They all earned their way on this to, to DC to earn this opportunity. Uh, so we want to make uh, still give them something for their efforts there. So uh, we started a, a virtual youth tour. Uh, we have one locally here in Missouri where we actually have met with the students about 10 times via Zoom. Uh, we go through games with them, talk about leadership opportunities, uh, give them that chance to get to know one another because that's really what that trip is about. So it's making those connections and those lifelong friends uh, while learning about electric cooperatives, federal government, uh, and leadership skills. So um, while there was definitely a change in the fact that we didn't get to take the trip out to DC, uh, the actual mission of the youth tour did not change. Uh, and that is again, to really uh, make connections with them, help them find that leader within themselves. And, and Daryl, I will tell you, it's quite amazing that in the first, you know, first Zoom meeting we had within the first 10 minutes, we had students already making connections. We could see in the chat feature of the Zoom uh, room that we were in that, you know, they were asking questions kind of off of what we were doing and start, you could really see those connections starting to be made, uh, which of course just uh, is exactly what this trip is about. But uh, we also have our national group, NRECA, uh, that's doing a weekly uh, virtual youth tour called um, YTO, Youth Tour Online, and the hashtag we're using and the theme of it is Share Your Shine. So we're giving all of the students the opportunity to record videos themselves, things they're passionate about, things they're trying to implement into their communities. And then we share that with uh, not only the 2020 Youth Tour delegates, but any student that's ever gone on the Youth Tour before. Uh, so they're getting quite an experience. Uh, we're still getting to know them. We're still making those connections. Uh, and it turns out that uh, the 2020 Youth Tour group is is pretty amazing uh, group of students. Not only are you involved with this national program, but you also manage a statewide youth initiative in Missouri called Cycle, Cooperative Youth Conference and Leadership Experience. This year's event was canceled because of the coronavirus. Chris, describe what young people experience. Sure, Cycle is a two and a half day conference we hold here in Jefferson City. Uh, and it's got three main objectives throughout the conference. Uh, one is to teach the students about state government, uh, teach them about electric cooperatives. Uh, and really most of all is to find that leadership qualities within themselves, uh, help develop that personal leadership skills. Uh, and then finally, of course, just like the youth tour, it's, it's about making connections, making friends, um, that are going to last a lifetime and just always have people to support you. Um, so going through kind of the day-to-day -day of Cycle, um, you know, the first day they come in uh, and we actually are highlighted by, uh, we have a speaker from the group Rachel's Challenge, uh, which Rachel Scott was the first young lady who was killed during the Columbine school shooting in 1999. And her family now does presentations about um, you know, surrounding yourself by positive influences and kindness and compassion. So it really gets the students off. I mean, it's a breathtaking um, presentation that these folks put on. Uh, and it really just, you know, warms the group up, helps them kind of get that comfort to start making better connections while at cycle. Uh, and, and really just 
obviously that's just a great message about compassion and kindness. So, uh, but really then, then we get into day two, our full day, and that's where we really get some cool experiences. So uh, the 2019 trip, we really started including more leadership aspects into the cycle conference. Uh, so we actually started taking them to the Winston Churchill Museum up in Fulton, Missouri. Uh, so, and then talk to them about his leadership styles and then great leadership styles from other people that we use, we, we call them examples and character. Uh, and just talk to them that there is more than one way to lead. You have some of the folks that are, are natural leaders that stand up, make the big speeches, big presentations, but there's also the guys that lead behind the scenes that just are, are there to get things done. So if you're not the most comfortable getting out, talking in front of people, being the kind of the big personality, there's still so much leadership within each one of these students. And it's kind of my responsibility and my teams and the chaperones at Cycle to help bring that out of those students. And so they can go home, take those back, implement those new leadership skills into their community, into their school, and ultimately help them kind of lead a better life. Uh, and then moving on from there, we actually um, go to an electric cooperative. So they get to see a distribution electric cooperative and uh, see the day-to-day -day operations where we talk to them about all the different job opportunities that are within electric co-ops because a lot of folks think lineman is the only position that exists when you think about electric cooperatives. But we talk to them about the you know communicators, accounting, management, uh, safety personnel. There's so many careers within electric cooperatives, so we just make sure they get to know that a little bit. Uh, and then again, we talk to that state government is such a big part of this. So then we actually go over to the Capitol uh, we sit on the floor of the House of Representatives, which is just a, an unbelievable experience for these students. I mean, a lot of them might have gone to the Capitol, but when you're sitting in the chairs of the folks that are getting things done on behalf of our great state, uh, it's really an overwhelming experience for a lot of them. And, and what we do while we're there is we actually have them, uh, the night before the students have selected a bill, they've gone through all of the, they've separated them into parties, they've uh, written the bills, drafted it, it's been through committees. And so then it's time to debate once we get to the House floor. So we elect our Speaker of the House who will stand up, introduce the bill, uh, and then we get into the debate. And, you know, you, you always sit there and you're like, man, 17-year-olds, are they really going to get into this? But uh, we finally, after two hours, just have to be like, all right, guys, it's time we have to just decide whether we're going to pass this or not. And, you know, even... Uh, some examples I will give you of the bills we've we've talked about, and and some are are very serious in talking about um, you know things like drug testing before um, any type of financial aid is given, um, lowering student tuition to driver's license uh, checks and texting and driving. To uh, we've had some really goofy ones like uh, changing the state animal to the Sasquatch. Um, obviously, it, it's all just for fun, but. No matter what the topic is, what the bill is, uh, these students get so engaged and just really dive into the experience. So that's that's obviously a really, really fun thing for us to see. And they learn a lot about state government, how it works. And uh, we we're very fortunate last year to have Governor Mike Parson come and talk to them and give them a little bit more education on how state government works. So Really cool experience, really great conference. Um, it is an, a national award-winning conference, uh, so we're very proud of that fact. And again, uh, our goal, our mission is to make each student better than what they came, 
uh, and then just on our end to keep making this a better conference every year. What other youth education programs are Missouri's electric cooperatives involved in? Obviously, through Youth Tour, through Cycle, and through some of these other organizations I'll talk to you about, obviously, we look at the youth as they're, they're going to be the future leaders of our great state. So we want to get them so ingrained and involved in understanding what electric cooperatives are, what are the opportunities within them. So uh, youth programs and youth education is something we take very seriously. And some of the other groups that we do a lot of work with are FFA, uh, 4-H. We don't necessarily do a lot of actual planning of events with those groups, but we either sponsor and usually go and uh, actually take part in the uh, in the organization's programs that they have just so we can get a better um, grasp on what they're talking about and making that connection about how electric cooperatives are so involved with agriculture. Uh, And those ties have really helped us a ton. And what we're seeing is a lot of those students that are involved with FFA and 4-H are also uh, former Youth Tour Cycle alumni. So it's a way to keep that connection going, getting to know them even more at that point. Uh, and even helping them with their future as they start looking for college opportunities and things like that. And and then when we get them through college, one of the groups that we work with that are college-age students is AFA, the Agriculture Future of America. This is a group where we sponsor uh, one student to go through the AFA Leadership Academy, uh, and then we actually give them a scholarship towards whatever university they choose as long as it's in an agriculture field. Um, This has been something we just started about three years ago, but we're making amazing connections uh, with some of the students we've sponsored over the past couple of years and really getting them involved with the potential of a co-op career down the road. Because again, like I mentioned earlier, there are so many opportunities for students within the co-op umbrella uh, that they maybe didn't know before. So AFA is definitely one of those that helps us get ourselves out there, let know that, uh, you know, they only select about 2,000 students from across the nation uh, to attend this conference. So you've got some of the best and brightest attending, and uh, they're understanding that uh, a co-op is a career, serious career choice down the road. Uh, and then one of the other youth experience, uh, youth programs we work with is called the Mizzou Youth Experience. Uh, this is something, again, we started about three or four years ago. Uh, it's a partnership with the University of Missouri. And what it is, is we actually sponsor students from all of our local electric cooperatives and they uh, we get them together, take them out to Mizzou. And what it is, it gives all students the opportunity to, one, know that college is an opportunity for them. And it's also to show showcase all of the all of the different types of majors and colleges within the university. Uh, So it starts out, we take a bus trip up to Columbia. We will. go out and in the parking lots of the uh, of the Hearn Center and Mizzou Arena, they have all the different colleges set up booths so you can go and talk to them about potential careers there and what kind of education they're required and all that. Um, and really just show them the scholarship opportunities that are available. Uh, and again, to really showcase no matter what your social background, your economic background, college is an opportunity for you. Uh, and then, of course, the fun side of that is after we do that, uh, we get to go and we do a, a tailgate type thing inside Mizzou Arena uh, with some of the baseball team, some of the basketball team is there. So you get to meet some of the student athletes, which is a really cool experience for our for our kids that get to go. 
uh, and then that evening uh, we take in the uh, Mizzou football game. So they get to see some sports, uh, learn about uh, what Mizzou has to offer, and this is uh, a really great experience. We get nothing but glowing reviews from our students, um, and they just can't get enough of this. And uh, the last group I will mention, and uh, this is the Ag Leaders of Tomorrow group, or ALOT is their acronym. They're actually a group of young professionals that um, are in their first or second year of an agriculture-based career. And what we do with that group is we actually bring them out to our office here in Jefferson City. Uh, we go through all of what electric cooperatives are. Each of our departments put on some type of presentation. And then we usually have about a one to two hour Q&A session with them, which we're sitting there like, man, that's a lot of questions. But uh, just the fact that they're asking them, there means they're intrigued and learning about electric cooperatives. So it's a really great experience there where they kind of get the fundamentals, the foundation of what electric cooperatives are. And then we also sponsor that group to go to Associated Electric, the power supplier, and learn how everything works on the power production side uh, and all of all of the great things that they do for our, our member systems here in Missouri. Uh, and then the last thing we do with that group is actually uh, sponsor them and send them out to NRECA headquarters, our national group, uh, so they can get a perspective from the national level. And, and all this time, it's really making those connections and showing that agriculture and electric cooperatives are so ingrained um, in what we do and that we've got each other's backs, we're there for each other. So it's really, um, those are just a few examples of some great things we're doing with high school, you know, junior high, all the way up through uh, high school, college, and then even your first couple years of professional work. So, uh, like I said, youth education and just co-op education in general is is very important to us. Uh, electric cooperatives plan to be around for a long time, and we're looking for um, the best and brightest to continue to, to make co-ops even better than what they are today. Youth education. It's such an important opportunity for electric cooperatives to be involved in. Thanks to my two guests today, Chris Massman from the Association of Missouri Electric Cooperatives and Stacy Howarth from the Oklahoma Association of Electric Cooperatives. If you have a student that is interested in applying for these programs, contact your local electric cooperative today. Thanks for listening to the Power for Your Life podcast. To learn more about this topic and other safety, efficiency, and energy technology information, contact your local electric cooperative or visit us on the web at membersfirst.coop. You can also follow us on social media at facebook.com slash membersfirstcooperatives, pinterest.com slash membersfirst, or instagram.com slash membersfirst. If you have a question or topic you would like us to consider for an upcoming episode, email us at membersfirst at aeci.org.